0: I heard a theologian once talk about how we mentioned like, we're, that we're not of this world, that, kingdom, that God's kingdom is spiritual, but we have to be careful with that because it's, if it's purely spiritual, then we kind of fall into Gnosticism because the kingdom of God is not just spiritual. It's also physical and it's not just somewhere where we go after we die. It's actually in the world, making its presence known, penetrating our everyday experiences and the list that you just gave of the changes in history, a great example of that. A few days ago, a
1: friend sent a text to a you uh, start again. Those are... No, 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 start no,
2: again. no, no you are no, not man. starting again. That was better than we, we don't start. do Keep going. That was time. much
0: we better we than you not do edits. This <laughs> that was <is laughs> the real deal. <laughs> is was was that I'm promise
1: to our people. <laughs> See what I go through. That was better than
3: you normally do. I thought it was great.
1: It was. This is the promise we give. We don't Okay, I start again. Listen. All right, a few days ago, A friend sent a text to a few of us, mutual friends, of cassette tapes from the 1990s. It was a picture of them of all these heavy metal bands that he used to listen to as a teenager. And almost each one of the guys from the group said that they listened to that music. Now, of course, Mark Spence was in that group and he said that he had listened to that stuff. I was going to say junk, but I'm going to be polite. To that stuff as well. Now, Mark, I obviously have absolutely no respect for you whatsoever. (laughs) Um, But whatever hope of me gaining even the smallest modicum of respect for you was totally... Modicum. You like that? That Was was totally and completely lost. Now, Oscar.
2: Wait, wait, wait. Why? I mean, you listen to rap. This is a weird conversation.
1: No, no. It's not weird. And I'll tell you why in a second. But Oscar, please, please tell me that... You didn't listen to heavy metal music. When
2: it wasn't. You were, when it you were wasn't heavy metal when, when you were a baby. Since
1: you recently became a teenager,
0: what was the What was the it? It wasn't. It was
2: like Nirvana. That's Red,
0: not Red heavy, Hot heavy Hot metal. What, what are you talking about? That is
2: Nirvana?
0: Not heavy metal. Are you calling Nirvana heavy metal? Wasn't it? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. All that stuff was trash. It was. no. Did you listen
1: to that junk? Red Absolutely. Hot Billy Sleppers or whatever. This guy. Um. Uh. What's his name? Uh. Yeah. Whatever. Did you uh, listen to Nirvana? That
0: I had two posters growing up as a kid on my walls. Oh. Only two past posters, and both of them listen. were of Kurt Cobain, lead singer of Nirvana. Why, Ray? Please, and please, it wasn't heavy metal. Please tell me you didn't listen to that heavy
1: metal junk these it's, guys listen. to. No, it's, it's called Grinch Rock. <laughs> kill your chicken. All
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, oh, was a Pearl actually, I did, I can see
1: Ray sing though? No, he has I, to I kill did one used one to listen to because it because I
3: had a message on it, so I had to go in and listen to it and get the lyrics once. To what? All the heavy One metal stuff, stuff? The, the, the death guys. Yeah. The death guys. Look,
1: the only time I ever channeled
3: death, uh,
1: heavy metal, death rock, whatever it is, was when I... It, well, this I, is two I do different it. subjects. No, no, I don't even know no, what you're no, talking about. No, 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 no. It was all that filth. Metallica. Okay, Metallica That's was in there, Mark. Metallica is metal. Okay, thank but you. But Nirvana is completely not Whatever, metal. it's all the same. But the only time <laughs> I've ever channeled it, and I do channel it still, is when I sing the Hell's Best Kept Secret song in the late 70s god very graciously opened up to me <laughs> okay Boy, now
0: now we can start over <laughs> you see you see I, so i do i do use
1: it sometimes yeah ray like my mama used to always say
3: does that sound familiar my mom always used to say. Dr. Phil. Oh, Dr. Phil, yes. <laughs> Ray
1: Comfort so, went on
3: the Dr. Phil show. What <laughs> happened? <laughs> Unbelievable. It, it, it was weird. Mark sent me a... This is yesterday or the day before? Yes, Monday. Day before. Wait, was that... No, not yesterday? Oh, yeah, day before. Yeah, yeah, Monday. Yeah, Mark sent me the invite. Dr. Phil wants you on the show. So uh, I got back to them and said, yeah, well, Mark got back to them. And they called me, a producer called. We spent 15, 20 minutes on the phone. She says, oh, this sounds great. Then I... Her higher-up producer called, and we spent about 15, 20 minutes. She said, that sounds great. And then they called back and said, Dr. Phil wants a video of you speaking to him for about three minutes. I thought, this is getting <laughs> weird. And next thing, I think the next day, they called up and said it's all off because they'd changed the subject of the program, which I thought that was probably a nice way of just saying we don't want you. <laughs> they couldn't understand your New Zealand original subject. It was uh, microchipping, and they wanted me to talk about the Bible and the you know, Mark of the Beast. Yeah, they probably yeah. saw
1: some of your videos on YouTube, don't you think? Yeah, oh, probably.
3: Man. Anyway, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they called up and said, We changed their mind. We want you on. We want you in the audience, not as a guest, but as a mic guest in the oh. audience where you'll just speak up during the whole mm. program. And Like so my said, mama used to always say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I got to tell you, I was really nervous. I sent you a text saying, Please pray for me because I'm nervous. Wait, wait,
1: wait. What did you do that demonstrated your nervousness? Um, who didn't you call who was supposed to go with you? Yeah,
3: well, you? I didn't want you there. I didn't want any of you guys <laughs> I there. In. Look, if I'm going to make a fool of myself, I'll do it in front of millions of people. I want to be in front there for of that. my best friends. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be you there. You do for it that. in front of us every day. Yes, I know. Well, it's not recorded. <laughs> anyway, like I said, I, was real, I didn't even want breakfast. I always want breakfast, but well, I just didn't feel like breakfast. Wow. And, it was beca- and then I, I get there, and they put me in a room, and I had to sign 2,000 forms, release forms, and then in comes the producer, and we had to role play now after I'd made a video and three times said what I was going to say. and. I guess they were a little nervous, like, I don't know. It went good, but it was a very awkward situation for me because I had to almost heckle. I wasn't a guest. I was an audience, and I had to jump in and kind of heckle when they weren't talking about the things of God, and I had to bring it up, and that's what was a little scary for me. got about 60 seconds before the other guests pooh-hearted <laughs> but uh, 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 it, was, uh, it was a great time because I got to pray with the producer, Christian oh, that's cool. Gave her a book, uh, my book, uh, How to Be Free from the Fear of Death I said this would be a great subject for Dr. Phil to handle Nobody talks about the fear of death oh, Can you imagine
1: can if they say. bring you on
3: for a show like that? That would give me liberty and not to be a heckler in the audience yeah, with a microphone awesome. So what it did you, you say?
1: Well, first I have a question did you show them the chip uh, in your hand and forehead
3: i, I they, they knew it was there. They got me through the, <laughs> at the metal detectors. That's why I they had, had to you do want. COVID testing metal detectors uh, role play. It was just crazy That's Mark crazy. and I got
0: we got chips put in us yesterday. Chips and guacamole. Yo. <laughs> yeah,
3: microchips a small french fries. Mark also. and
0: I, Mark, remember Mark, we went to the Dr. Phil show way back
1: when. We did. Uh, well, it's was it we just were, you and I? and Yeah, we had some, another friend, but it was when we were uh, exploring, because we were going to change things with a TV show and we were building a set, and so we wanted to get ideas.
0: But I'm yeah. tur- Here's the thing. No. Pause. No. Uh, what most of our listeners probably don't know is that we're going through renovations right now. Yeah, the entire building and it's starting to look amazing. The kitchen looks great. The bathroom looks great. But the thing I'm most impressed with is how Ray has found a way to repurpose the leftover wallpaper. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, look at that
3: shirt. I am wearing a, a Hawaii type shirt. Oscar is the mocker of all shirts. You guys
1: should yeah. see some of the shirts this guy wears. Yesterday's yeah, uh, especially. That was a nice one. All right. wait. Okay,
2: no, 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 no. Uh, we're but, gonna get back to it. Ray, right. what did you say to Dr. Phil? Well, I had to jump in and change something. That's the interesting. So <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's
1: a good teaser. We don't want to hear it, Ray. All right, here's a comment. This is from Big Samuel M. A bit of brightness to the week. I love this podcast. I'm glad that it's biblically based and all things discussed, and that it covers a wide variety of topics. Emil T. Kettles Wayne. <laughs>
3: Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> on cue. Oh, that's funny.
1: I didn't even mean to do that.
3: That was one of the funniest things the I've ever thing heard in my people life. People can't see the steam coming out yeah. of your mouth, <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it funny for my
1: wheezing? Emil T. Kettles, Wayne, and Roy Compost bring entertaining light to the podcast. I appreciate that you're able to have fun and be serious later, and really appreciated your total seriousness on the self harm episode. Keep up the good work, y'all. That's, Not cool. Down South. That's my new nickname, Emile Tea Kettles Kettle, Wayne. Yeah, uh, friends, this episode is brought to you by the School of Biblical Evangelism, online and book version. Mark,
2: how many students? Oh, I think about 20,000 students have enrolled, about 19,000 left after the first day. <laughs> Not that No, few. you know, boy, we, we've gotten a lot of positive feedback uh, from the school. So mm. BiblicalEvangelism.com, uh, join other students that are like-minded and get the uh, basics, uh, done with evangelism and apologetics. We say basics, but really you never leave yeah. the basics. What yeah. is
0: it? Can you explain it for those who have never seen it? Yeah,
2: I mean, you learn uh, how to properly use the law in evangelism, what's problematic with using life enhancement as a draw card for salvation, how to handle uh, the top cults and... Uh, uh, world views when you're out on the street so it's really bite-sized
3: atheism uh, evolution yeah. scientific all this sort yeah. of stuff.
2: good stuff yeah and, and there is also
1: a book version friends as well so make sure it's a phone book version get that oh yeah that's <laughs> yeah. big uh, all right there you have it and don't forget the evidence bible at com. all right guys
2: with the straight face
1: and <laughs> <laughs> like, like nothing weird just yeah. happened there's something about doing something like that with a straight face i love it and myself okay um <laughs> Guys, today we're talking about the kingdom of God. Oscar, you're excited? I love this conversation. Okay, then why don't you take it on and uh, tell us
0: uh, the kingdom of God. What's it okay. about? Right. Tell right. tell us, right. Oscar? Thank you. I'm glad for the yeah. opportunity. So a lot of people, I think, misunderstand what the kingdom of God is or ignore it. And I was thinking earlier this morning, like, how do we approach this subject? Do we start at the Old Testament in the way that literally in the very first chapter, the idea of kingdom is Is pronounced. But I actually think the best way to start is with Jesus. And it's to ask the question why did Jesus live? So let that settle for a second. Why did Jesus live? You see, we know why he was born. It was for the incarnation. We know why he died for the forgiveness of our sins. We know why he was resurrected for the conquering of sin and death. But why did he live? Is it so that he can show us how to get to heaven? Is it for a new ethical system to be a good example? Nope, nope. Thank you. The answer <laughs> ultimately comes from what Jesus talked most about through his entire life. What did Jesus talk most about? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what is the most common subject in those gospels? The kingdom of God. How did you what? know? I just, I, just whoa, whoa, no, I just felt it. Oh.
1: Oh, with wallpaper shirt and <laughs> everything.
0: <laughs> it is. It is his kingdom. He came to, he lived to establish his kingdom. Now, here's the challenge that ends up happening is that some at some point during modernity and through uh, progressive Christianity, there's two breaks that end up happening in our understanding of God. The first break is that with uh, liberation theology... Jesus becomes no more than like a amazing social worker or a Marxist revolutionary in the sense that Jesus is all about caring for the sick and the needy. And oh, while
1: right. that is, pick up that box of chocolate already, please. <laughs> He's trying to slowly move it over, driving
0: me nuts. Sorry, Oscar. That's all right. So Jesus becomes, in liberation theology, a social worker. And there's a knee-jerk reaction in Orthodox theology in which we go to the opposite end, and Jesus's life is ultimately just about justification, what he did on the cross. But I think a balanced understanding of the gospel and of the scriptures in general has something to do with both kingdom and cross. It has the reality that God Means to rule over the world through his present, everyday, right now kingdom that was established through Jesus. And the throne in which he uses to establish it is the cross of Christ. And so we can get into what it means to be citizens of a new kingdom, et cetera, et cetera. And we will. But I think the first and most important thing is to realize that so often we ignore the reality that kingdom is. Paramount to everything that Jesus taught, it is mm. the reason why He lived. Yeah, Amen. No, it's so good to understand this. I think there are certain
1: terms we throw around as Christians, and there's a lot of ambiguity that surround them. We say them, we hear them, but either we're not accurately representing what they stand for, or we don't really understand. What is being meant when someone says them, or when we even read them in Scripture? Kingdom language is huge in Scripture. You guys know 160 times in the New Testament we hear it referred to the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom of God. Piper said something extremely interesting about that, and and I think it helps to, to give us a, a clear understanding. Is that
3: John Piper? What's uh, that? It's
1: Juan Piper. Yeah, Juanitos. It's the Pied Piperando's. Piper. Juanitos what? Piperando's. Peter. Piper? Pick the peck. peck. (laughs) You want to do that again? You want to go for tongue twisters? No, but he was saying that... um, I apologize, John, if you're listening. Yeah. Sorry, Jan. Jan? We can say Jan, Johan? Okay. But he talked about how when Scripture talks about the kingdom, we have to understand that it's in reference to, and it depends on the context, but both kingdom present and kingdom coming. And I think he makes a good point that kingdom really carries with it the idea of God's reign. Mm And he emphasizes that it's it's not a realm or a people. Uh, he says the kingdom creates a realm and a people, but it's not synonymous with a realm or a people. So it's God's reign or it's his rule that governs, you know, the, the universe. And he cites Psalm one hundred three nineteen. the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. And in that, he makes that distinction that his realm doesn't rule over his realm, right? His kingdom rules over all, his reign over the universe, which, which is supreme.
3: Ray Comfort. The Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Mm. What an incredible verse. Mm. Yeah. Expound that easy. Mm, I would say, it, I, this is what I think. I
1: would say that in relation to the proper utilization of the hermeneutical and homiletical oh, principles, boy, biblical interpretation and preachifying, it's imperative that one possess higher exegetical skills, especially when dealing with the diverse theological and eschatological systems within the various genres of the biblical text. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much.
3: <laughs> anyway, I, <appreciate> that. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing myself. It yeah. Really, really Try well.
1: It in a New Zealand accent,
2: Mark. Is the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven synonymous?
0: Uh, they're they're interrelated, so the kingdom the kingdom of heaven is ultimately the f- complete fulfillment of the kingdom of God that is present right now. So a lot of theologians will say the kingdom of God is both here and not yet, and there's discrepancies on on what that means. But what we can agree upon is that God did in fact establish His kingdom rule through the death or resurrection of Jesus Christ. And there's aspects of that rule that is present that we can experience and participate in right now. And yet it won't come to full fruition until Jesus brings heaven back to earth and, and utterly subdues it into his kingdom. So
2: is the kingdom of God more than, because it's been my understanding that the kingdom of God is the spiritual ruling of his people that submit to him. You're saying are you guys saying that it's more of a broad brush stroke that no this it's his rule and reign over the universe in totality.
1: No, I mean there's sorry Oscar to cut but, in but there are manifestations of the kingdom like like I read from Piper in that yeah there is there is a realm there is a people that are a part of that kingdom but but ultimately in its true form and essence at the very heart and root of it, it is the reign of God and then it manifests itself in the heavenly realm it manifests itself in in Christ ruling and reigning through his people and you know there are different eschatological views on that but but even you know those who would say, hey the the, the millennial kingdom reign of Christ the, 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 their are connections with that and God's promises and different things. love to give things away. We love to give things away. And that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters podcast. That's right, friends. We're giving away goodies. For those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form, we are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week goodies from Living Waters, $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and the podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week.
0: Yeah, here's the way I would look at it is you can go back to the Old Testament and recognize that kingdom rule starts in the very first chapter when God gives Adam and Eve the command to rule or subdue. That word rule in its original language is something that kings do. So if you think of like, if you say, what does a fisherman do? He fishes. What does a builder do? He builds. When you would hear that word, to rule or subdue you would immediately think kingdom like this is this is the job of a king and so in other words god ruling over creation gives assigns his image bearers the co-creation role but what adam and eve do immediately is they take over for themselves. And so the kingdom of man is established. Kingdom of God is established in chapter one. Kingdom of man is established in chapter three, when it says they will, they will know good and evil. They will define good and evil for themselves. And so the common thread through all of scripture is that man is trying to establish his kingdom over God's kingdom all throughout the scriptures. And then Jesus comes onto the scene and he's done with that. He's like, you no longer have the power to rule over my kingdom. I am taking over. This is my rule and reign now. And so this kingdom of God is established through Jesus Christ. Now, that doesn't mean that we experience the fullness of his reign in this day and age. But what it means is that as citizens to a new kingdom, not citizens to the kingdom of man, certain things change about us. So think about citizenship in this present age, okay? If you were a citizen of the United States of America, you value certain things differently than if you were citizens of a different country, right? Like we value freedom in a very unique way. We value libertarian independence in a very unique American way. We value land ownership. People don't realize this, but like to to be an American is to own land. There's something about owning a piece of property that establishes you and so for all of American history to own land is like a Major feat to accomplish, but that's a very American thing as a matter of fact a lot of countries out there grow up thinking You can't own land land is God when you
1: say own land Oscar all Ray can think about is more land for chicken coops. That's right.
3: No, I was thinking this how deep is the land you own?
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: So How deep is it? Build yeah. a,
1: build a skyscraper fifty thousand feet deep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> could be an it? earth scraper then, wouldn't it? Yeah,
3: yeah. I don't know how. how don't. And the thing is, we don't own anything. Yeah, <clears> that really, when it comes down to that, if you're driving along uh, out in the country and you see a rock on the side of the road, you say, "I'm an American." I own that rock. You can't get out and put it in your car. Hmm. You get arrested for stealing because that's not yours. That's that's right. not, that belongs to America. The president can't even take a rock. And the reason I feel strong about this is because I once was driving along and I saw a little tree on the side of the road. It's only six inches tall. And I thought, oh, look at that. So I took it home and I planted it. And then I looked at that, like, 18-foot stolen tree that I took that I shouldn't <laughs> have as a Christian. But we don't own anything, which is really weird.
0: That's good. Yeah. yeah and so if, if you think about becoming a new citizen of this new kingdom, your value systems will change. If you become an American, we expect that you adopt certain American values so that you can participate in our nation, right? That's a part of becoming an American as you go through a process. We use the word indoctrination in a negative way, but indoctrination is a positive thing too. When people become Americans, we indoctrinate them into an American value system that we all contribute to, right? The kingdom of God is Otherly different. Okay. So, how does God rule in the kingdom of God? In the kingdom of man, we rule through power, but in the kingdom of God, we rule through sacrifice and service. The way you assert your rule in God's kingdom over other people is to serve them. In the American system, or even just in the kingdom of man, what do we value? We value the strong, we value the rich. But in God's kingdom, it's not the strong, but the weak who are held to great extreme. It's not the rich, but the poor. It's not the wise, but the foolish. It's not the selfish, but the selfless. In God's kingdom, value system In man's value system, we are motivated by fear and envy. That is what drives our economic system. Everything that we experience on social media has made us to be afraid so that we buy or vote a certain way. But in God's kingdom, the only thing to fear is God himself. And so we live not in response to fear, but hope. And so God's kingdom, his value system, the way he means for us to live our lives are totally, utterly different. Let me just close this little segment with this, because again, it is is so different. Even the way that we run our churches should look very different. I once explained to somebody, if Jesus was alive today, I would imagine your average church that everyone would be like, "Man, he's coming. He's on our way." And so all of the all of the elders and the main pastor would put on their best suit and tie, and they'd be standing out, ready to go. All of the kids and wives would be wearing their Sunday best, and they'd be ready for Jesus to show up. I'd wear the same shirt, and they, <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> and they'd be waiting a long time. They'd be like, "Where's Jesus?" And where he would be the night before, he would have been at the bar having conversations with drunkards. That morning, maybe he was on the street where the prostitutes were having conversations with them. Maybe that afternoon, he was with the homeless people in their tents, having conversations with them. And when Jesus finally shows up to church, there are the elders in their Sunday best wearing their nicest suit and ties. Jesus would walk up and go, let me introduce you to this former Muslim that was just planning a terrorist attack. He's gonna be your new pastor. Mm -hmm. Let me introduce you to uh, this fisherman right here. He's going to be one of your new elders. Let me introduce you to this homeless guy that smells like BO. He's going to be your evangelism pastor, and you're going to call him the baptizer. That's how good he's going to be. And the elders would probably be like, well, I mean, you know, we're all about conversion, Jesus, but we've got here this, <laughs> this pastor that graduated from this prestigious seminary. And look at Elder Bob, he runs an investment firm. And Elder Steve, well, you know, he, uh, he's a politician. He's really, really good. And, and you know, Elder Carl, he's a, a state senator, he's $10 million a year. Like, we've got our elders. And Jesus would respond to them, repent, because the kingdom of God is at hand. You see, that's how different Jesus's kingdom is. It is so utterly different than the kingdom of man that even our value systems change inside of it. Amen. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. The kingdom of God is at hand. Luke 17, 21, the kingdom of God is among you or within you. Again, I think that plays to the reality that it's God's reign and God's rule. And Mark, I want to ask you this. You know, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. And we are citizens of another kingdom. And so so how does that relate to how this believer lives during his sojourn on this earth?
2: Well, I, I mean, I think it's simple that since this is not our home, we don't try to establish Christ's kingdom here and now. I know that pokes the eyes of different people eschatologically, but uh, I I think that we are to occupy until He comes and we don't turn a blind eye to the different things that are happening. We vote and we do whatever we can to allow righteousness to rule and to reign. I I saw a, a video yesterday at a school board where different parents stood up because this school board wanted to have cross-dressers, hmm. uh, and they, they said it was family-friendly, you know, with uh, the kids. And this, we're talking elementary school and kindergarten and everything else. And they, they shut down the microphone of the individual who was trying to have a voice. So the person turned around and there were a lot of people in attendance and said, you know what, it's just time that we vote these people out. Hmm. We need to vote these people out. So we occupy, and that's what it means to occupy, yeah. is that we do have a voice and we do speak up. But ultimately, we don't need to freak out, right? Because our war is not a political war. Amen. Our, our our war is a spiritual war that even the presidents and the kings that think that they are in control have been placed by God and they serve a purpose greater than themselves or their agenda. And, and that is above my pay grade, but God establishes and he puts people into place. Hmm. And he uses people to do so, but our kingdom is outside of what we see here. So therefore, when people are worried about what is happening in the political sphere... We can always look up and realize that God is sitting on his throne. He is holding his scepter. He has his crown of jewels <laughs> on, and we are fighting a spiritual battle more than a physical battle, and we can't get off uh, shot concerning that. Oh, I love that.
1: Yeah. And, and Ray, he transferred us from the kingdom of darkness you know, into his kingdom, which is a kingdom of light. And what a joy it is to know that the king that we serve is... Perfect in every way. I mean, you know, recently Queen Elizabeth died, and wait, what? You didn't know that? I, yeah, and King I Charles. No it's so weird to say King, right? I mean, we've been saying Queen for forever. I mean,
3: ah, <laughs>
1: ah, I almost there was a Well, you got me because I've just
3: written a whole book on the subject. So I, I'm enamored <laughs> with what you're saying. Yeah, I'm just so excited about. Yeah, the whole but thing. you know,
1: so so obviously the the coronation's going to be coming and all that, but. There's constant talk about, oh, he's not going to be a good king, or oh, he's immoral, or oh, he did this, or whatever. But the thought, Ray, that we never have to for a second Mm. worry
3: about the faithfulness of our king,
1: the goodness of our king, the love of our king, the power of our king.
3: Yeah, the whole premise of uh, our faith is established on the fact that it is impossible for God to lie. Amen. He's without sin. This world will let us down. I often think of the four men that came to Jesus with their friend that was very sick, and they let him down into the midst of Jesus. Mm. So the moral is, when your friends let you down, Jesus will pick you up (laughs) because he's faithfully promised. He cannot lie. I was just thinking about what Mark was saying. And what Oscar was saying, just how the kingdom of God is so different and what happens to us is so different from what the world does. Reminded me of an analogy I used to use about a stretch of road that had a sharp curve on it and cars were going off the road. A stretch of over, what? Stretch Sorry? of road. Road, oh, road road. Got it. <laughs> Something Got wrong it. with my accent? You said stretch of row. Deh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just, go, yesterday go. I had
3: one of the most embarrassing experiences of my life Well it wasn't that bad Well it was just one of them <laughs> One of my neighbours was standing in the front of his yard And he was working and I called out to him Would you like some eggs? He stood up and said what? I said would you like some eggs? He said what? Eggs. And I'm serious When that happens twice with someone It gets real embarrassing doesn't no. it?
0: Do you realise right away that it's because you don't know how to talk?
3: <laughs> yeah I don't know how to talk But anyway Six Times he <laughs> had to it. ask me, he actually had to stop what he's saying, come across, and I was yelling out eggs, like what come from chickens, six, <laughs> a dozen eggs, and he didn't know. And it's my accent. I don't know how, how do I say eggs? E- eggs, eggs. E- no, how how am I <laughs> how am I supposed to say eggs? Eggs, Ray. Eggs, eggs. No, eggs eggs no no <laughs> oh, <boy.
0: laughs> you
1: should have grabbed
3: one of your chickens and let it was, lay one for him i was him, going right i to squeeze him. it out and push it on his nose or something but anyway this this uh, road had a curve on it and trucks were going truck cars were going off the road people were getting killed town council gathered together and they decided they would solve the problem by putting an ambulance to the bottom of the cliff <laughs> That's what the world does. That's great. Wow. What happens with the kingdom of God? God straightens out the road. He oh. deals with the problem. Amen. The problem of sin. That's why yeah. the scriptures say, "Seek first the kingdom of God yeah. and His righteousness." Amen.
1: Uh, yeah, you know, in Matthew thirteen, we have the the parable of some will call it the sower. Uh, Ray, you call it the the uh, the soils. Right? Something else. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> Huh? <laughs> carry on Wallpaper shirt man
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're never going to live this one down Can we post a picture of Ray's shirt? <laughs> no, 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 no We so, should I just, just
3: got to say that uh, We get so much joy out of insulting Ken Ham in the mornings. <laughs> Sending so him texts like this isn't text that only idiots read. Yeah, And he writes back <laughs> and says, I didn't read it. This morning, I just had to pull over the side of the road and have a little giggle at some stupid thing I sent him. It's just oh. such a joy. Why do men do this? Women don't never. do that. Ne- they thing. never no, do it. Yeah. They wouldn't even Why? think about puns. What do women do? I just talk. We're going to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> trouble Stop <it>. right.
1: <laughs> We're, we're going to get in trouble. All right. So anyway, Matthew 13. Boy, I can't get anything done with you guys around here. Seriously. Matthew 13, parable of the sowers, sower, sower um, seeds, soils, whatever. MacArthur said something really interesting about that because it relates to the kingdom. He said, the enemies are always trying to destroy the church, but the kingdom shakes off its enemies. The kingdom shakes off its attackers and it endures triumphant from all battles in the end. And it goes from strength to strength and it conquers the entire world eventually. In the parable of the so, sower, you see the breadth of the kingdom. The field is the world. In the parable of the tares, you see the length of the kingdom. It grows until the final harvest. In the parable of the mustard seed, you see the height of the kingdom. It's like a tree. And in the parable of the leaven, you see the depth of the kingdom. It penetrates everything. There's divine genius in these stories that is completely oblivious to the unconverted mind and wow. even to many Christians. Wow, not powerful? Yeah, so I mean, excited. Like when truth like that is mined from the word, and like, wow, Look at what Jesus was conveying about the kingdom You know, in
3: every measure It it rules I'm going to go back and read Jesus wept again And say, what am I missing?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know I keep trying to memorize that verse But I keep forgetting it Which one? Um, Jesus, uh, cry uh, Let it go Yeah, (laughs) let it go This is something really, really really powerful That that MacArthur We'll make that that call Yeah, you'll make that call But the historical So so now he's, again, he's talking about the parables Where Jesus said in verse 10 of Matthew thirteen, And the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. And then he he gives a citation about the kingdom of God. There's a website, tomorrowsworld.org, where he gets a lot of this from. But, but he says this, but the historical record or quotes is clear. The hybrid religion that took Christ's name had a powerful impact on civilization that is felt to this day around the world. And the word hybrid is used there in the sense that, you know, when Jesus talked about the wheats and the tares, right? I mean, his kingdom is reigning, but among it, th- there are those that aren't genuinely converted. He said, and such impact began soon in the Roman empire itself. Former professor of sociology, Dr. Alvin Schmidt notes Elwood, Cumberley's observation that the biblical teachings of Jesus Christ challenged almost everything for which the Roman world had stood. Dr. James Kennedy writes, Life was expandable prior to Christianity's influence. In those days, abortion was rampant. Abandonment was commonplace. It was common for infirm babies or unwanted little ones to be taken out into the forest or the mountainside to be consumed by wild animals or to starve. They often abandoned female babies because women were considered inferior. The Romans promoted... Brutal, gladiatorial contests where thousands of slaves condemned condemned criminals and prisoners of war mauled and slaughtered each other for the amusement of cheering audiences. Roman authors indicate that sexual activity between men and women had become highly promiscuous and essentially depraved before and during the time that Christians appeared in Roman society, and that homosexuality was widespread among pagan Greeks and Romans, especially men with boys. Women were relegated to a low status in society where they received little schooling could not speak in public, and were viewed as the property of their husbands. As professing Christianity, spread in the region those parts of its teaching that corresponded to biblical truths had a profound impact pagan practices were confronted with biblical principles concerning the status of women and the importance of the family the sanctity of human life as made in god's image and the sinfulness of sexual immorality and homosexuality eventually roman emperors even outlawed the branding of criminals and crucifixion and terminated the brutal Gladiatorial contest that had flourished to nearly seven centuries, implementing one of the most important reforms in the moral history of mankind. In the words of historian Christopher Dawson, the changes brought about by the spread of these ideas marked the beginning of a new era in world history. Such changes were not limited to the West. The influence of biblical principles abolished Suti in India, the practice of burning widows on the funeral pyre of their husbands. It stopped the killing of wives and concubines when tribal chiefs died in Africa, discouraged cannibalism, and helped to end the global slave trade in the 1800s. That's the kingdom of God. Yes. Right? Reigning and ruling through God as he works in his people to transform hearts and lives and to, to bring in new
0: at servants in his kingdom. Straightening the road. I love it. That's good. I heard a theologian once talk about how we mentioned like we're that we're not of this world, that kingdom, that God's kingdom is spiritual. But we have to be careful with that because it's, if it's purely spiritual, then we kind of fall into Gnosticism because the kingdom of God is not just spiritual. It's also physical. And it's not just somewhere where we go after we die. It's actually in the world, making its presence known, penetrating our, our everyday experiences and the list that you just gave of the changes in history, a great example of that. Yeah. So I heard a theologian explain like this is that, all throughout the scriptures, it talks about God's kingdom just being on the other side of this veil. Like it's, it's trying to push through. In the Old Testament, it was almost like when you entered into the tabernacle behind that veil, the gap, the layer between the kingdom, between heaven and earth got so thin that you were in the very presence of God. Mm. And so this theologian talked about our work in the world to bring about God's kingdom is our making the layer between heaven and earth more thin, mm, I love bringing that. his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, is that good? So good. And Ray, the
1: motivation of believers to fill that kingdom, there's something about partaking of something Wonderful and glorious. Whether you find a new restaurant or you Yum. discover a new cup of coffee, oh, stop, predictable. please! Predictable. Or you discover a a new uh, convenience or something. You want? I mean, how how selfish is it to not let other people know about it? You know that you love, and we've become we've become citizens of the greatest kingdom in the history of the universe, an eternal kingdom, with an amazing king ruling over it. Stir people's, uh, people Yeah, it
3: reminds up right me, me of the, 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 uh, the two lepers. Was it two lepers in, in, the, in the book of Kings where they were in a famine and they said, we're going to die here. Let's go out to the enemy, just surrender. And they went at the enemy and God had scared the enemy off and they left all this food there. And they said, we cannot have this food without taking it back to those behind us. And that's a picture of the gospel. We have found the bread of life. We're amidst starving people. Love what William Law said. You know, William Law, was he a Puritan? Uh, I think so. Yeah, he said this attorney? No, no. Larry if you've not if you've not chosen the kingdom of God first, it will in the end make no difference what you've chosen instead. Ooh. Oh. Nice. Isn't that powerful? It's just a really total deep. waste of time. What are you doing if it's not in the kingdom of God? It's an absolute waste of time. I love what J. Oswald Sanders says. He was a New Zealander. The frontiers of the kingdom of God were never advanced by men and women of caution. Ooh. Hmm. Isn't that good too? That's a soul stirrer for me. Oh, that's so good. Just
2: take risks, get out, walk. That's kind of the water. whole Dr. Phil idea, though. I mean, it really is, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, you're outside of your realm. Like my mom used you're to say. You're talking to somebody a lot more intelligent than you, and uh, you're dealing with a subject that uh, you don't really know anything about. Hmm. Behold, Ray Comfort.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like my mama used to. Like my say. <laughs> mama. Uh. No, I, I love that, Mark. I'm so glad you highlighted that because, look, I remember one time walking around Hollywood, uh, well, Santa Monica Third Street Promenade. I suddenly felt like a teeny, tiny, puny. Little microscopic ant walking around people. Hey, did you get one of these? You know, and the world was out in its full pomp and circumstance, you know, loud music blaring and performers and all the glitz and glitter and all the wares that people were hawking. I mean, I really felt tiny and weak and insignificant. And then I realized my problem. My problem is that I was looking at the world, the kingdom of the world, if you would from a zoomed in perspective, I was honed in on it. And so it looked massive, right? Buildings lining either side of the strip and again, all these people and all this stuff. And and then it reminded me of something back when I was a little boy, I would watch these King Kong and Godzilla movies on TV. You'd see this giant, ape or whatever he was, you know, this giant lizard and they're stomping on these houses like they're tiny cars or like, you know, they look like nothing and they're destroying things. And as a kid, I'm like, wow, I knew they were actors, but I'm like, how did they find someone that big to wear that <laughs>
2: costume,
1: you know? And then of course we end up learning about movie magic, right? The camera zoomed in. It's a guy on a set, normal, you know, average guy. He's in some sandbox with some little Toy cars and, you know, little doll houses or whatever. Uh, but, but then you realize, right, if the camera pans out, that's what you would see. But when it's zoomed in, he really does look massive and everything else so small. And so it was just a reminder to me of, man, we need to remember our God spans the universe with his hand. Heaven mm. and the heaven of heavens can't contain him. So we need to look at things from his perspective, right? The earth is less than microscopic in his sight. He's our king. We are citizens of his kingdom. The power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. And that should give us confidence in life to go on a Dr. Phil show.
3: Well, I didn't have the confidence, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you did it, right? Why? Because yes. again, courage isn't the absence of fear, right? As, it's the conquering as of it. Yes. It's the conquering of it. I mean, it gives you courage to wear wallpaper shirts and stuff. <laughs> Oscar, you are. We're going gonna to we're well, going we're
3: gonna, to we're gonna, gonna receive a kingdom that cannot be moved.
0: Amen. Amen. What
3: a wonderful scripture.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think the question needs to be asked Did Jesus fail to bring about his kingdom? No, he didn't. But I think if we're honest, we often live as though he failed. Often our valued systems haven't changed. Often we compromise and prioritize power and praise and money. Often we live in fear without proclaiming the kingdom of God. And so there's a sense in which I think us as Christians, we need to repent. Because God did not fail in bringing about his kingdom Hmm. and establishing it in a here and not yet way and making us citizens of something else. And the way in which he brings heaven to earth is inverted. It is not the way man brings about power. Hmm. It's the way God brings about power. And we need to repent and trust in his way of doing things. And something in us says to us,
1: this is right, and the world knows this is right. In terms of the ways of the kingdom, there's something within us, and I think it's part and parcel, well, for us as God's people, God's spirit indwells us and teaches us all things and convicts us and confirms. For the world, I think it's part and parcel with the law of God being written on their hearts. And so they recognize when they see humility, when Mm -hmm. they see meekness, when they see selflessness, there's something in them that says, wow, that's right. And I have no power to do that. And hopefully, in that sense, the law of God as a schoolmaster will bring them to Christ, who will empower them. Right? You guys remember before we got saved, the things that we thought were unthinkable for us to do? I remember thinking, I could never stop partying and drinking and indulging in sexual immorality. And I couldn't. But when Christ redeemed me, he didn't just give me the power to stop, because some people can maybe stop those things, and I'm not, you know I, I'm not trying to brush with a, a broad brush, but the desire doesn't change. Some people may discipline themselves to stop this or stop that, but inside them, they, they usually still want it, mm-hmm. you know, and they, maybe they're doing it for their own moral standard or, or for a, a goal or to maybe to have a better life or whatever. but oh, when guilt. Christ yeah, but when Christ changes you. Everything changes From the inside He cleans mm-hmm. the cup From the inside Before Amen. the outside Amen So Well there you have it friends I want to raise my hands I want to praise I want to sing I want to bow my knee To my king Ooh.
3: Speaking of that, John Wesley said, give me 100 men who love only God with all their heart and hate sin with all their heart, and we will shake the gates of hell and bring in the kingdom of God in one generation.
0: (laughs) You heard it here first from Ray Wallpaper Comfort.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right, friends.
1: There you have it. What a fun episode this was. I feel extremely edified. Well, like, you hear how my voice went? Extremely edified.
3: It actually got better from the beginning. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it usually gets worse from the start. Thanks for joining us, friends. Remember, podcast at livingwaters.com. Give us your thoughts and ideas and everything else. I feel like the micro, remember the micro car guy?
0: Macro machines. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oscar,
1: you were you were like one. I, I
0: had macro machines.
1: Yeah. So anyway, make sure to email us there. Give us your thoughts, ideas. Give us a rating. Give us comments. He might get read here if they're about me. And don't forget, don't forget the school of biblical evangelism online and in book form, and the evidence Bible at Living Waters. Dot com. But wait, that's not the end. Here's the end. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters Podcast, where we have no idea what we're doing.
0: <laughs> EGS